Boy, when I look back over my life, I can truly say that I got a testimony. Good morning, Hopewell. Good morning, Hopewell Online. Good morning. Good morning to our guests, our first-time visitors. I see some other guests that didn't raise their hand, but good morning to you as well. To Pastor Swims, uh, Minister Lynn, James and Ford, our brothers and sisters, to my lovely wife, Gloria. You know, Pastor, when I was about four years, <laughs> about three years old, when I was about three years old, it seemed like I can remember my mother say that, that on July the 10th in 1964, for some reason, I was the happiest kid in my life. She said, I've never seen a child that happy. Mother, she said, I was so happy. I was playing. I didn't cry. I didn't ask for anything. I wish she was around now to tell her I know why. Because it was on that day, July 10th, July 11th, 1964, that God looked down on me and feel the other pea that's in my pod. He feel that missing spot that was in my heart. He, feel, he knew that I, one day I would need a wife that on July tw uh, 20th of this year will celebrate 37 years. You see, Mike, I hate doing that, but there's too many alphas in here and I gotta show them how Kappas do it, all right? Giving all praises to God, I do thank God for Hopewell and my family. Pastor, I love you so much and thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, a few years back, a uh, noted psychologist named Eric Byrne uh, looked at transactions that occurred between people. And those he analyzed the, the types of conversations using the words that they would say. And what he found out is that we talk with each other in one of three levels. We speak on the parent level, words like you should, you must, you ought to, you know, you, those sounds like parents' words. Or we speak on the adult level like we're communicating now where we're sharing ideas and information. Or we speak on the child level like, hey, let's go get some ice cream. And what, what he found out in this transactional analysis is that as long as the transactions stay on the same levels, then there is effective communication, okay? So, for example, but when that transaction is crossed from the parent to the child or from the parent to the adult, then that's ineffective communication, okay? So far, so good. For example, if I would go to my wife and I say, hey, let's go get some ice cream, that is a what? Child. And she said, you don't need no ice cream. That is a what? We got some ineffective communication. So today, God has given me a message that I'm going to have to speak as a parent. But I realize that I'm talking to adults so that to make sure that I don't get things crossed up and I don't have any drive-bys next week, I need to get a star student. So Deacon Brian, would you mind being my star student today? No, you can sit where you are. Just stay where you are. Just stay where you are right there. All I need you to do as my star student 
is that when you get it, you say, got it. That's it? All right, then. Well, good deal. All right. This, this, morning, this morning, my Bible is open to Genesis. Can we stand and let us read the word together, the book of Genesis? Chapter 19. And just want to visit with you for a few minutes out of verses 23 to 26. Genesis chapter 19, verses 23 to 26. Got it? Deacon Brian, everybody else said got it but you. I, I chose you as the star student. Now, when I say do you got it, you're supposed to say, okay, got it. Oh, you, uh, Dr. Booth, you understand these products of Carbondale High School, don't you? That's cold, huh? Amen. Let us read together. The sun had risen up on the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Amen? From that passage, I want to leave this thought with you today. Quit it. Quit it. I want you to look to your neighbor and say, quit it. No, 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 no. You don't got it. I want you to Point it to, now, you can't point like this now, but I want you to point with that curved finger. So curve your fingers, point to your neighbors, and then I want you to say, quit it. You may be seated. Now, what you have to realize is that when your finger is pointing at someone else, when that one finger is pointing at someone else, Three of them are pointing right back at you. Quit it. In order for, for, for us to fully get the full gist of this, I need to do a little background. And I have to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 12. Don't worry, uh, Dr. Booth, you're going to be out of here long before 2 o'clock. So when, in Genesis chapter 12, uh, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, now, Abram was the name of Abraham before God changed his name to Abraham. But when he was back in the era of Chaldees, he, he was Abram, okay? Now, his daddy's name was Terah, his wife's name was Sarah, and his nephew's name was Lot. Lot had a wife. She wasn't named at all. But we, that's who we're going to focus on is her becoming a pillar of salt. And what God said to Abram was, get out of your country, get away from your family, and away from your father's home. You got it? Got it. All right, good. To a land that I'm going to show you. You don't need to know where you're going. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you because that's what God does. He took, you just ha we have to act on faith. To a land that I will show you, 
I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You shall be a blessing, and I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And when we get down to verses 31 and 32 of that chapter, we see Terah, who was his who? His daddy took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah and his wife, his son's, Abram's wife, and they went out from the era of Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan, but they came to Haran and they dwelt there. Now see, there's some problems with that. You see, Abram, God told Abram to do what? Get away from his folks and away from his family. And we see him right here with some partial obedience because he's with his father and he got lot with him. You see, that's the problem with us is that sometimes we are partially obedient. In verse, exactly right, sister. And if we are partially obedient, what do we need to do? Quit it. We know what God's will is. We heard what God's will is, but we refuse to fully obey God's will, and we need to quit it. Notice that it said, Terah took Abram, his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, his son Abram's wife, and they went out from the land of, to go to the land of Canaan. You see, halfway obedience actually increases, Dr. Booth, our responsibility. Because it lets God know that we know his will, but we are rebellious and won't do his will. What has God told you to do? All these ministries that's been prancing and dancing up here through the, from starting in May, a lot of times God has told us which ministry that he wants us to join and how he wants us to serve him, but we have sit back on our laurels and we have not been obedient to God. Oh, we've still been coming to church every Sunday. We've still been enjoying it, but we partially obedient, and we need to quit it. You got it? Got it. All right, good, good. So not only is there some problems with halfway obedience, there's another little thing that we can pick up here. He told him to go to Canaan, but notice that he said that they came to Haran and they dwelt there. They went partially the way to where God was trying to get them to. But they didn't go all the way. You see, the reason why they didn't is that they thought Haran was good enough. We the same way. God has told us what to do. God has told us what husband to have, what wife to have, but we settle down with that person 
that we know that is not the right one for us, but they good enough for us. And if you settle down with somebody that's good enough, but not God enough, then you need to quit it. Amen? I don't, don't y'all drive by my house. You see, a lot of us are better than where we were, but we not where God wants us to be because we're satisfied with good enough. Some of us are enrolled in school. Uh-oh. We can do so much better. We know we can make those A's if we would get off of that dance floor and out of those house parties and away from all those other places. But we do not do what we know God wants us to do because we settle for being what? Good enough. Some of us on our jobs know what to do have listened to the wisdom and the vision and the directions that those above us have told us in what direction that we should go. But we rebel against that because what I'm doing is good enough. Some of us half raise our kids. Boy, COVID talk... COVID taught, COVID didn't teach, COVID didn't teach the educators nothing. But COVID taught the parents everything. Because they saw how they kids was acting when they go to school. Because we've half raised them, and that, my friends, my brothers and sisters, is not good enough. Train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they won't depart from it. Now, if this ain't you, don't worry about it. But if it is, quit it. Mm. Just a little bonus information here. That word, Terah, and who was Terah? Abram's father. That word means delay. And the city they, they went to, Haran, that means bitterness. You see, a lot of us, we, God has wanted us to be so much further, so much richer, so much more blessed than what we are. But we've got those folks in our lives that's delaying us. Why is God acting so slow? God is not acting slow. You just slowing down God's plan. If we've got things hanging on our lives, quit it. If we've got addictions hanging on our lives, quit it. Those things are delaying us. You know what God says. He, I know the plans that I have for you. The plans to prosper you and to make you better and to bless you and to keep you. But we have hung on so much stuff in our lives. 
We've hung on addictions. We've hung on to thoughts of the past. We've hung on to our fast failures. And, and they're just dragging us down. Quit it. Uh, better move on. Yeah. By the way, just to inform you, I am a licensed carrier, so just in case anybody <laughs> wants to drive by next week, just keep that in mind. That's been your thoughts this morning. Quit it. So in verses 12 through 18, chapters 12 through 18, we see that Abram eventually leaves Haran, but he messes up and takes Lot with him. Once again, this is partial obedience. Notice that this does not take away from Abram's faith. This takes away from his obedience. You can be faithful but disobedient. You can be in church every Sunday morning listening to what God has told you to, that he wants you to know, but you can disobey that every Monday through Saturday. That's you? Quit it. Because Abram turned out to be nothing but trouble in Abram's, in Abram, I mean, Lot turned out to be nothing but trouble in Abram's lives. He got captured by some kings, and Abram had to go over there and fight for him. They, they had, God had blessed them so much, they had so many cattle, both Abraham and Lot did. They had so many cattle and so much sheep and all the herds and stuff that their herdsmen began to fight over each other because of the grass. And they had to separate from each other. And Abraham, he said, if you choose that you want to go to the east, you go to the east, I'll go to the west. If you choose, you, want, you make the choice. Abraham, I mean, Lot chose to, to, he looked down and he said, I could go in the mountaintops. Oh, I could go over there in that plain where I see all that grass and that water and, and this water down there. He said, I'm going to take the plain. You know, a lot of us, we just like Lot. We take the easy road out. We can see it. It's well watered. It's green. I don't want to go up in the mountains where I got to move rocks. Dig wells. I don't want to do that. Let me go to the well water plain. Sometimes taking that easy road out can be the wrong road in the long road. There came a famine in the land, and Abraham, now Abram at this point, he leaves the promised land and goes down into Egypt. He's still disobeying where God told him to go. He left too soon. Some of us have left too soon, or even thinking about leaving too soon. I'm tired of her. I can't put up with her no longer. I got to get out of here. He left too soon. You see, when you leave too soon, that caused him to have to lie about his wife because when he got down in Egypt, she was so fine. At 70, 80 years old, she was so fine that the, that the king of Egypt said, I want that woman. Think about that. The king can have any woman that she wants to, but she's 70 years old. And the king said, I want that woman. 
Abram tells his wife, Sarah, say that you're my sister. He, she does that. He causes her to lie. She lies. All manner of stuff happens to the king of Egypt and to the country of Egypt to the point where he comes to Abram. He said, what, what did you, why did you tell her this is your sister when I know that this is your wife? He said, you leave, but take as much stuff as you want to, but you get out of my country. He got blessed by it, but it caused him to lie, and it caused his wife to lie about herself. It caused him to compromise who he was because he did it his way. Some of us have had to compromise who we are because we're trying to do stuff our way. Quit it. Quit it. He comes back to where he started from, and he had to start all over again. That would be like Deacon Brian, you on your way to Chicago, and your car break down in Mount Vernon. Make it Kankakee. Your car break down in Kankakee. Get it fixed in Kankakee. You don't have to come all the way back to Carbondale to start all over again. Some of us need to pick up where we are right now. We broke down. We need to pick up where we are and go forward with what God has told you to do. If you've been thinking about going back to the beginning, quit it. So we talk about the contention that happened between Lot and Abraham because of their possessions. And so this wealth or the lack of it sometimes in our lives causes a lot of stress and strife in our lives. It can eventually cause separation in our lives. So if you've been arguing with spouses or other people about wealth or possessions or so, quit it. There's no good end coming to that. Sarah even gives, now, this is the most confusing passage, Pastor, Minister Lynn, this is the most confusing area in the Bible I've ever seen in my life. Abraham's wife, Sarah, is about 90-some years old now, and she's gone through the change. I can't see. I'm getting a little old. I have to get down here to see who don't understand who, what going through the change mean. You got it? You got it. Okay. And she can't have no more babies. This woman has a servant from Egypt, a young servant from Egypt. She tells Ashley, she tells her husband to go in and have a baby with this servant woman. Guess what Abraham said? Okay. <laughs> so the way that it would the way that it occurs at that at that is that Hagar, the servant, would sit on Sarah's knees. Abraham would conceive, children's church going back in there, right? <laughs> A Abraham would conceive the child 
And that child, when it was born, would be her child. You got it? Let me get back to my notes so I don't get off of my notes. This is a good reminder that results are not enough to justify what we do before God. She got a baby and he got a baby, but it wasn't God's plan. A lot of times we've been getting results, but they've not been God's results. Because we've been doing it our way. That's some stuff we've been sitting on our knees that we've been need to get back to God. If that's you, you need to quit it. Amen? You know, if we want to do something wrong, we can find some good reasons to do it. If we can't think of the reasons ourselves, the devil is happy to suggest them for you. If you've been listening to, to the devil's reasons, quit it. Move on to the next page. Don't worry, I'm going to get to my text in just a second. I got about 12 minutes left. All right, you asked for it. So Sodom, let's see here, how do I get there? Sodom was extremely wicked in God's eyesight, and Gomorrah too, twin cities in the plain, extremely wicked. It's so bad that the stench of what they was doing had risen up to God's nostrils. And it had gotten so bad, it had gotten so bad, our visitor, what's your name? Oh, Visitor Moore, okay. Dr. Moore, okay. Brother Moore, it had gotten so bad that God says, I'm going to destroy this. Uh, how bad had it gotten? The word sodomy. It's a bad word, right? I think most of you know what it is. The other ones I see are on Google right now, Googling what that is. But that word came from Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, so God sends to, God accompanies himself in the form of his son. This is one of the first uh, creostomies or Christostomies, theophanies uh, that that, that you find. We see Christ coming down. It says that these three men came to Sodom. One of them was the Lord himself. And he revealed to Abram, what was going to happen to Sodom and Gomorrah. And when he revealed to Abram what was going to happen to Sodom and Gomorrah, Abram, he said, look, God, if, if I can find 50 folks in Hope, I mean in Sodom, <laughs> if I could find 50 righteous folks in Sodom, will you spare it? God said, I got you. Okay, go, for, go look for 50. He said, well, what about 45? Because, oh, perfectly okay. Because Lot, Abram had learned that God was, God was not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. All right? He said, what about 40? He said, he got it all the way down to 10. They, the two men go into the city. Lot 
is sitting at the gate of Sodom. Now, for you Bible scholars, you know that only the leaders of the cities would sit at the gates of the city. And the reason why is that that's where negotiations would take place for land and trading and barter. So Lot not only had just looked out and lived close to Sodom, but he had become one of the leaders in Sodom. Now, give me, don't, don't, don't get this twisted. Lot was still righteous, but he was living in an unrighteous land. Some of us, some of us got a lot of unrighteousness going on around us. Don't be destroyed by that unrighteousness. The Lord shares with Adam what he plans to do, and Lot, Lot is not dealing with his wickedness. If we don't deal with our wickedness, God will. It's better on us if we deal with it. If you've got wickedness in your lives and you're not dealing with it, Abraham bargains over and over. A lot of times we are asking God for things, but we're not persistent in that prayer. Notice every time God, Abraham asked, God negotiated with him. Be persistent in our prayers. A lot of us do that drive-by prayer. Lord, you know I need a job. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. We don't apply to nothing. We don't do anything. We don't pray about it. We don't ask for any directions. Then we blame God when we don't get it. If that's you, if we, uh, okay, let me, let me move on. So we get to chapter 19 with six minutes left. We get the progression of compromise. Notice what Lot did at first. Lot first in, verse, in chapter 13, he just looked towards Sodom. In verses 13, 12, he pitched his tent towards Sodom. In, verses, in chapter 14, verse 12, he started living in Sodom. In and later on, we see him sitting at the gate of Sodom, indicating that he was a civil leader. You see, when he went, when these men, these two angels came to the city, he begged them to come and live in his house, come and spend the night with him. And they refused, but eventually they decided to come and stay the night with him. While he was in the house, they revealed to him what was going to happen. So you need to leave in the morning because it's some bad stuff that's going to occur here. This city will be destroyed. Go and tell the rest of your family. Go tell your son-in-laws. Now, these young men were engaged to, their, to his daughters because we see that their daughters were still virgins a little bit later on. They were engaged. They was in that period of betrothal. But his testimony among them, their son-in-laws, was so weak that they wouldn't even join him. You think about it, Gloria. God says that he's going to destroy this city. And our testimony is so weak that nobody won't come and move to Cartersville with us. 
we have to watch our lifestyle. We have to watch how much we compromise with sin and our lifestyle because it destroys our testimony. Evaluate our, let us evaluate ourselves. If our lifestyle has destroyed our testimony, we need to quit it. So that night when they heard the men of the city, both young and old men, from every quarter in the city, that shows you just how degraded this city was, heard that these two angels was in Lot's house. They came and beaten at the door saying, send those men out there so we can have our way with them. Lot, Lot goes to the door and says, please don't mess with these angels. Don't mess with these men. You can take my two virgin daughters instead and have your way with them. Think about how depraved that this city had gotten where he had to offer his own daughter. Notice that it's possible to have a saved soul but a wasted life. It's possible to have a saved soul. To open your, turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and 13. It says, if anyone's work will be burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as through fire. This is talking about the Burma seat of judgment when our works are judged, not our salvation itself. What we have to make sure is that we're just not resting on being saved, but our works are what that we're doing, that we're doing for God, our works that's not wood, hay, and stubble, stuff that's bringing us praise and honor and glory, but they're truly gold and silver and things that can be tried by fire. If we've been working, if we've been doing these things just for our own glory, for our own praise, quit it. Quit it because those works will be tried. We finally get to Genesis chapter 19 and 17. So these angels tell Lot, he says, escape for your life. Do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains lest you be, be destroyed. We finally get to the text where it says the next morning the sun had risen up on the earth when Lot entered Zoar. The Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants, and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Why did she look back? Why did she look back? Why did she look back? You think about where she's leaving, Pastor. She's leaving a sin-soaked city that's full of corruption that the very night before if the angels hadn't intervened and pulled Lot back into the door 
and blinded the men who was outside begging to either rape the men or do something like that. That this city, she looking back on it. And if you look carefully at the, at the, at the Hebrew word for what she, for that looked, it's not just a casual glance. But she stared back at the city. You know, it could have been that she was just nosy. She just wanted to see what was going on. She wanted to see all the destruction. You know, we watch a, a race just to see if it's going to be a car wreck. She, she could have been watching the city looking back just to see the downfall, because we like to see downfall of folks. You let, you, you, you let something great at SIU happen to me. Nobody know about it. You let something terrible at SIU happen to me, or let me do something terrible, and it happened to me. I can't even walk the streets. We'd love to see downfall. That's you? Quit it. You see, it could have been that she might not have been nosy, but she might want to be a news reporter. Let me tell, you know, we got a lot of let me tell y'all. Time we hear some news, let me tell y'all what, what I heard about pastor. Let me tell you what, how that lady that played that piano so well, let me tell you what I saw. News reporters. If you're a news reporter, quit it. Or she might have just wanted to be naughty. You know, some of us, we know what God has told us to do, but we just do not want to do it because we want, you know how kids are. You tell them to do something that just makes them not want to do it more. They like to doubt and defy anything that somebody says. It's raining outside. No, it's just sprinkling. If that's you, quit it. But why did she look back? More than likely, it's because the state of her heart. She liked what she saw. She liked what she experienced. She was not resistant to change. She wanted to take it back to the way that it was. She wanted to keep things the way it is right now. Even though she's miserable, she's still satisfied with it. Even though it hurts her, she still likes it. Even though you're not being treated well, you still want to do the same thing. Even though that it may be you know that this is not what God wants you to do, I can't help myself. You, you, it could be that it was because of her heart. More than likely, it was. You see, somehow, we have a love for the Sodoms that's in our lives. We have a love for those places where we don't need to go. We have a love for those things that we don't need to do. We have a love for those people that we don't need to be around. We got a love for the sin that's in our lives. But that God has taken care of that. He who 
knew no sin became sin for us that we might not have to suffer the penalty of sin. You see, three things Jesus did for us on that cross. He took care of the penalty of sin, for the wages of sin is death, but God's gift to us is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So we have life through Christ Jesus, so he took care of the penalty of sin for us. Where, sister, you don't have to worry about your sin anymore. That's a, a sin's past present and future has been taken care of in Jesus Christ himself. When he hung his head when he, in the locks of his shoulders, when he stretched his arms out wide, when they put that crown of thorns on him, when he took his last breath and he said, it is finished, it was finished, he took care of the penalty of sin for us. Not only did he take care of the penalty of sin for us? He took care of the power of sin over us. There is no temptation takes us except that it's common to man. Brittany, the same sins that someone else is tempted by, I, have, I can be tempted by them too, but God has taken care of all of those. There is no temptation taking us except that it's common to man. And God is faithful. He would not allow us to be tempted above our ability. Let me see if I can paint that picture. You see, our ability line is right here. Every temptation we face is below that ability line. He will not allow us to be tempted above our ability. So every temptation we face we can be victorious of it because he's given us the power over sin. When we sin, it's because we choose to sin, not because we have to sin. If every sin is below my ability, I have the ability not to choose. Not only has he saved us from the penalty of sin, and giving us power over sin, one day when he returns, he's going to save us even from the presence of sin. And it's all in Jesus. You see, it could be that she just didn't want to change. Is that you this morning? as we begin the song for the invitation. You want to change? Has this message spoke to you? Is this some stuff that you need to quit? Is this some stuff that you need to start? Because you've been rejecting God's plan for your life. It's some things that you need to change. It's some gifts that you need to receive. For God has given us his only son, Jesus, that if we would just confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Just like Lot and his two daughters were fleeing from the city and they didn't look back, they were saved from all of that destruction. This morning, if you're willing to be saved,
God has a spot for you right now. He sent, for lack of a better term, an angel this morning to offer you that opportunity to flee to this mountaintop, stay away from the plains, come down and receive the gift of salvation. So easy. All you have to do is just right now, where you're sitting, if you know you need to make this change and you've never been saved, he's asking you right now. Do you want to be saved? Because one day, not only is fire and brimstone going to rain down from heaven on Sodom and Gomorrah, one day it's going to rain down on this earth. And if you're not saved, then you're just like Lot's wife. But he can change that right now. If he's speaking to your heart, just say, Lord, I am a sinner. I can't do anything about my sin. But you have a son who has already done everything about it. You've made a way. And you've made things new. And I want to be new this morning. If that's you, come right now.